need to get people their books. So you can be seated just for one moment longer. Because some don't have their books yet. If you don't have a book, raise your hand. Look at all these backsliders that slipped in this week. All right, if, if the ushers could get them books uh, and hand them out, keep your hand up and we'll get them to you as quickly as we can. And uh, then we'll get into the Word. Keep your hands up. There we go. There we go. All right. There's a bunch of them over here, guys. I don't know. There we go. And way over there. Now, the only prerequisite to getting a book is you've got to come back. Don't take the book and run. If you start strong, end strong. And then I want to also remind you that tomorrow night I'll be here teaching care training. And we've got, uh, I, it looks like a lot of folks are going to turn out for this. I'm going to personally teach care training for three weeks. I'm going to compress ten weeks into three. We'll go from seven to midnight, uh, and then we'll let you, no, we'll, we'll end about 8.15 or so, I think. We should. But I, we need care leaders. We need people who will lead care ministries because we're growing, and we need to birth a lot more care groups. We've got some host homes and no care leaders. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we will be here, and uh, we'll teach this. And everybody will get the materials, and it'll be a great time of fellowship, and we're going to really enjoy it. So that's tomorrow night, okay? Here you go, Bill. And that should be the last ones. Boy, there's some over there, too. Did any, was anybody here last week? <laughs> All right. Are you sure? All right. Let's, uh, let's stand together. And we're going to read this beginning verse, and we're going to really pray. How many of you understand with me tonight that words are very important? We're, and how many of you understand with me that Christians can sin with their words? And how many of you can also agree with the fact that you can be a Christian for 30 or 40 years and never understand the power of words and suffer for it? Well, we saw last week that Simon Peter wrote, if you want to love life and have your days blessed, learn to take, uh, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. So he equates loving life and seeing your days blessed with what comes out of your mouth. Let's read this together. This is chapter 3, and it's part 2. But it is chapter 3 and 4. Next week, be sure you read 5 and 6 ahead of time so that when I share it with you, it's not news to you, okay? But gossips are as gossips do. Let's read it together. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid a man who talks too much. Father, we ask you to speak to us tonight. Lord, we want to enjoy life. We want to see good days. We want blessing. We want favor. We want the peace of God and the anointing of the Spirit to rest on us. For that to happen, Lord, we need to harness our tongue. So we ask you, Lord, tonight to deposit wisdom into our spirits that will never leave us. Holy Spirit, teach us tonight. Quicken your word to us. Open our understanding. And I thank you, Lord God, for blessing this congregation and everyone listening by radio. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, watch what you say, and you can be seated. I want to talk tonight first about the character or the characteristics of a gossip, somebody who is a gossip, somebody who regularly does gossip. And I want to just, I want to talk not only about the, the speaker, but the listener. Because God didn't give us earlids like he gave us eyelids. So since we can't shut our ears with lids, we need to learn to walk away. Amen? Now I know you're not going to be jumping up and shouting me down tonight. Because I know you've got to grab your toes in a, in a subject like this. But you know what? So do I. I had to study it before I came here tonight. And when I read it, I say, oh God, help me. And so... Let's look at uh, what we've got here. The Spaniards say, whoever gossips to you will gossip of you. Whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. Have you realized that? Let me tell you something about people. If somebody will lie for you, they'll lie to you. Liars are as liars do. Gossips are as gossips do. Keep this in mind the next time you bend your ear to the words of a gossip, you may be their next victim. Next time you're listening to some gossip, keep in mind that uh, the next time they do it, it might be about you. And we don't want that, do we? What did we learn about what Jesus said last Sunday? We learned that we are to do to others as we want others to do to us. And that's the golden rule. And Jesus gave us that. Now, here's the principle. Can you read it with me? If they gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. It's a guarantee. Why should this matter? Why does it matter? Why is this gossip thing? Because our whole world uh, revolves around gossip, doesn't it? I mean, how many gossip shows are on TV? I mean, we could just start naming them. Hollywood gossip, this gossip, that gossip. It's all about gossip. Uh, Our world is a world of runaway tongues runaway gossip and people are destroyed by it all the time and how many gossip uh, uh, tabloids do you see waiting to pay for your groceries at the store how many are there it's just gossip we are saturated in gossip Tom Cruise Nicole Kidman you know uh, Angelina Jolie Brad Pitt all these other gossip 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 we're surrounded by it And yet here comes the Word of God, and the Word of God says to you and me, don't you be that way. Don't involve yourself in gossip. To keep company with a gossip is risky. Now I want you to think about this. If you're keeping company with a gossiper, very risky, they can and they will betray your confidence. They'll tell on you. This is the nature of a gossip. Gossips never keep a secret. They never see a secret they don't want to broadcast. A gossip can't keep a secret. Now let me tell you something about your Christian life. We all need somebody that we can talk to, share our stuff with in confidence. How many of you know that's true? I mean, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a, we're in a theology battle. We're in a philosophy battle. We're in a moral battle. We're in battles in this country. And the enemy is coming after us. But you know what? So is God. God's coming after us. God has us. God's got our back. But here's the deal. 
You need to be very discerning, and I want to teach you, uh, church, about the value of discernment. I want to encourage you. Find somebody you can share your stuff with, but don't share your stuff with just anybody. Because the last thing you want is to share personal battles, personal things, that two months down the road you hear cruising through the grapevine. And you realize that people know what you told somebody in confidence. The, the, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon primarily, warns us about this all the time. He says, you better be careful who you tell your stuff to. If you're having marriage struggles, temptation struggles, whatever they happen to be, find somebody trustworthy. And you know how you find somebody trustworthy? Just listen to them for a while. If you're hanging around with somebody that's gossiping to you about others all the time, and you know they can't keep control of their tongue, don't tell them nothing. You know what you tell them? Gossip the gospel. When you're around them, just say, oh, God's good. Jesus is good. Boy, he's blessing me. Boy, he's answering my prayers. He's doing so many things for me. God is so good. He's good all the time. I just love the Lord. They say, well, what about your stuff? Oh, my stuff is that God is good. Jesus is good. I just love the Lord with all of my heart. And you gossip the gospel. Don't give them anything. Because a gossip will take your stuff. And they'll say to somebody else, let me give you a little prayer burden here. I've, I have found something out. And I'm just telling you this so you can pray. And you know good and well, they're not telling you so you can pray. They're telling you because they can't wait to tell you. They're telling you because it's burning inside of them. They're telling you because they're not trustworthy. We're going to get to that in just a minute. The gossip has a favorite meal. Did you know that? The Bible tells us this. It's not steak or fish or chicken or exquisite dining. It is secret personal news about others. Listen to what the Bible says about it. The words of one who speaks about others in secret are like tempting bites of food. They go down into the inside parts of the body. Now I want you to notice this. To the gossip, information that is private and personal is like delicate food. It is fine dining to the gossip to the gossips and their willing listeners finding and spreading a choice morsel is as pleasurable as dining out at a choice steakhouse they have a taste for personal explosive information about others oh they love to find out the juicy stuff well y'all are quiet tonight now i know this doesn't go on in church I'm just wanting you to have the wisdom to talk to people out there in the world about this. Because this doesn't go on in church. Let's look at some of the games that gossips play. You know, and, and keep in mind that Solomon is using words very specifically. We talked about what a gossip came from. The word gossip, last week we talked about where it came from. He's using the word on purpose. Another word for the gossip is the talebearer. The bearer of tales, he who goes around sharing other people's loaded information to others. Gossips have a way of getting what they want. Here's how they do it. They pretend that it's with the greatest grief and reluctance that they speak of their victims. I hate to tell you this. Oh, I'm so burdened. But I need to share with you what's going on with... It hurts me to say it. I'm grieved. I've been in intercession, fasting, and prayer. But I need to tell you. They look as if they themselves are wounded by it. 
whereas they're actually fond of the story and they tell it with inward pleasure. You know why? Because when they tell on other people, it's their way of promoting themselves. They feel so bad about themselves, they've got to step on other people and demonize them and run them down to make themselves in their own eyes look better. But actually, they look worse as time goes on. Like I said last week, you can win a fight with a skunk, but you're going to stink afterwards. <clears throat> Scripture warns the listener. Everybody say listener with me. Scripture warns the listener that their words do what? The words of a gossip go down into the inside parts of the body. Now, what does that mean? Literally, the words of the gossip are ingested and digested by the listener. The words of the talebearer wound the person of whom they are spoken in the eyes and hearts of the listener. Now, I'm going to give you an example. I was uh, with a group of preachers one day, and I'll just be honest with you, it was all preachers. And we were talking, and one of them popped off about a national, nationally known uh, a Christian preacher who's on television. Popped off about him. And it was pretty, uh, pretty bad. Popped off about him. I didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. Just, it just kind of uh, went on from there, and I didn't think a thing about it. But I did know this. When I heard it, I realized that I watched this preacher every week. I watched them every week, and I loved them. I, I got a lot out of their, their messages. And so as time went on, one day I got up on a Sunday morning, and it occurred to me, I had not listened to this preacher in months. And I thought, huh. And the Holy Spirit said to me, do you know why? And I said, well, I hadn't really thought about it. And the Holy Spirit said, you haven't listened to him because what you heard tainted him in your eyes. I said, man, I didn't know that happened. It was a passing thing. But you know what had happened? The words of a gossip went down to the innermost belly of my spirit. I ingested the words. And from that moment on until I repented, every time I saw that person, I saw them through the lens of the gossip not through the lens of who they were. Are you all there? Because here's what he's, he is equating, ingesting the words of a gossip to eating a meal. And what happens when you eat a meal? Your body digests it, assimilates it, and what you ate becomes a part of you. Now here's the power of words. When you listen to the words of a gossip or a talebearer about somebody else, if you're not careful... It'll stain them, taint them, defile them, affect your ability to even receive from them. And so right then and there, that Sunday morning, I said, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to judge that person. It was what I heard. And that moment, I got set free, began to watch them again, have watched them ever since. Are you all there? All right. <clears throat> now, what the listener hears can forever stain the object of the gossip in their eyes. Very, very important. Now, based on Solomon's words, listening to gossip sets a disturbing process into motion. 
after ingesting the gossip's words by being a willing listener, the evil report is then absorbed by your mind in much the same way that food is digested. As a listener to gossip, you become poisoned as with bad food. Now let's recall how James wrote about the tongue. What did he say about it? Read it with me. It poisons every part of the body. That's the power of words. Words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. Now from the time that you ingest the words of a gossip, you will not be able to hear the name of or look at the person who was gossiped about without seeing him or her through the lens of the evil report. Are you all aware of that? Are you aware of that? That's why you've got to be so careful what you listen to. Because what does it say? A whisperer has the power to separate best friends. Best friends can be separated by the power of gossip, slander, whispering, tail-bearing. Very powerful. Hebrews warns this, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The word defile means to stain or dye, D-Y-E, dye, with another color as in the staining of a glass. So that when you have been defiled by somebody's words, you have been stained or literally dyed like a piece of cloth, and you're going to see that person through that dye, through that stain, through those words, and not for who they really are. And what a tragedy. Because somebody can, can have gone through change. Somebody can be a much better person. They can have turned and gone on with God, yet, yet all some see them through is the eyes of gossip. And that's why, the, you know, Jesus said, don't let it be in the church. Paul said, don't let gossip be in the church. You know why? Because we're to love one another. And love does not stain somebody and taint somebody that way, does it? But it's so easy to do, isn't it? It's so easy to gossip. It's so easy to be sitting in with a, with a group of people and have that conversation go south. It's so easy to do. But let me ask you a question. If I had a skunk in my hands right here, a skunk, that had not been deperfumed. And I came up and said, you know, God bless you. Will you have my skunk? How many of you would say, oh, I've been waiting for a skunk. <clears throat> I've been waiting for a good skunk. Oh, I appreciate this skunk. It's such a blessing to me, this skunk. No, you would say, no way. But that's what you do when you take somebody gossip. You're basically saying, will you take my skunk? And then not only do I stink, but you stink with me. And it's so easy for it to be in a group of people. This could happen in a care group. This could happen just with you and a bunch of your friends. And somebody says something, and that conversation begins to go south. And, and somebody begins to be picked apart by gossip. Listen, if you're wise... If you're wise, and I want you folks, I want this church to be wise with this. If you're wise, you will not allow that skunk to be put in your hands. You won't let it. What price does the gossiper pay for their runaway tongue? I want you to read Proverbs 17, 20 with me, would you? Double talk brings you double trouble. <laughs> I, listen, I got enough trouble, I don't want double trouble. I, what I want 
is double for my trouble. If I go through a trial, I want God to give me double for my trouble. But I'm sure not looking for double trouble. But see, if you involve yourself in conversations that go south, you're, you're in for double trouble. Here's the principle. The gossip trades the blessing of God for the momentary thrill of barbecuing someone else's reputation. Now let me ask you a question. Is it worth it? Yeah, you may get, you may get something out of it on the spot when everybody goes, ooh, really? I didn't know that. But later, later, we're forfeiting some of the anointing, some of the blessing, some of the favor of God. And how hard is this to avoid? Really hard. Because as I told you last week, the church has a grapevine Ernest and Julio Gallo would envy. If you want something to travel fast, just tell a little group of people some kind of loaded information about somebody and they'll be tried and crucified before an hour passes. So this is not to be in the church and, and uh, we've all got to work on this. We all do. Anybody in here been involved in something gossipy in the last five years? Yeah, sure. So have I. Breathe deep and say, oh me. Now breathe deep and say, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, this hurts, but it's good. I'm telling you, y'all are the quietest group I've spoken to in a long, long time. <laughs> All right. Let's look at another phrase used by the Bible to talk about a particular sin of the tongue. It's called the evil report. Now, the first place that I could find the, the phrase evil report being used is in Nehemiah 6.13. It says he was hired for this reason. Now, now let me just bring you up to speed real quick. Nehemiah, of course, is rebuilding the wall. Uh, they, are, they have returned to their homeland after, after a 70-year Babylonian captivity. They are involved in a major work of God. And here's what the enemies, Sambalat and Tobiah, were trying to do. They tried to lure Nehemiah into the temple at a time and in a way that would have brought reproach on him. They were doing it, in, they were intentionally trying to set him up so he could be seen in the wrong place at the wrong time so they could spread what the Bible calls the evil report. Now let's look at it. Nehemiah is wise to him. He, he's got it. He understands what they're up to. And here's what he says. He was hired for this reason, that I might become frightened and act accordingly and sin, so that they, that is, Sambalat, Tobiah, and the enemies of God, so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. They were looking for a way to lay on him an evil report. They wanted to spread a bad deal on him. Now, does that happen in our day? See, they wanted the work stopped. And so they were looking for all kinds of ways to stop the rebuilding of this wall and the rebuilding of Jerusalem. They didn't want it rebuilt. They didn't want the Jews in their homeland. And so they tried this and that and the other. Intimidation, fear, threats. And now here they are actually hiring a man to lure Nehemiah into the temple out of fear 
so that they could point to him and spread an evil report about him being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now let's look at some characteristics of an evil report. Here's what they are. An evil report involves the distortion of facts. Now listen carefully. The distortion of facts. Incomplete facts or false information. When an evil report is being spread, and it happens in the body of Christ all the time, because we're a large gathering of people, okay, all over the world. So when an evil report is spread, here's how it goes, it's either distorted facts, incomplete facts, or false information altogether. Evil reports do this, they defame the name or the reputation of another person. An evil report influences the listener to form an evil opinion about somebody else. It's sinister and it's mean and it's wrong. Let's go on. An evil report causes the hearer to come to an inaccurate conclusion and to respond with unscriptural solutions to the victim of the evil report. Now, how are evil reports communicated? Oh, we're crafty here. We're crafty, 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 crafty here. An evil report can be communicated verbally through words or tonal patterns, as well as through facial expressions and gestures. Hang on, Jeff. Let me talk about this a minute. Watch this. There's lots of ways you can say something with tone. Hi. 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 She did? She did. Uh-huh, she did. Um, I saw them on the road. I saw them on the road. Ah, they looked okay to me. Ah, they looked okay to me. Are y'all with me? We're crafty because, see, we're spiritual. We're Christians. We know we can't really go spread an evil report, so we do it by tonal patterns, inflection. Oh, he's a pretty good guy. You know, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Oh, uh -huh. he's a pretty good guy. Um, oh, oh, he looked happy to me. Oh, they looked, you know, happy to me. <laughs> Y'all are following me now, right? Tonal pattern. So, so somebody comes up and says, you said the wrong thing. No, I didn't say the wrong thing. I said they looked happy to me. But it was how you said it. You can spread an evil report without saying a word. Watch this. A worthless person, a wicked man, is one who walks with a perverse mouth who winks with his eyes, <laughs> who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife. Now look at what he's talking about here. Winking, signaling, pointing. Those are all things where I'm not saying a word. Yeah, they look good to me. Now, on the radio, y'all can't see me. I'm winking. Uh, uh, uh. 
You know what I'm talking about. Your expressions can speak a thousand words. And you can spread an evil report without saying one word. If you're smart and crafty, and a lot of Christians are, and a lot of people are, you can nail somebody with a look. Well, how they look to you? Oh, fine. How, how they seem to you? Oh, they seem like, yeah, good. Well, see, I've just sent you a signal. Something's bad wrong with them. Something's up, something's suspicious, something's going on. Here's the principle. Gossip occurs when we willingly enter into a conversation with someone who's a carrier of an evil report. That's gossip. When confronted with an evil report, ask yourself. Now, I want you to remember this. When you're confronted with an evil report, either verbally or by gesture or intonation, however it is that the evil report comes to you, and you know that somebody's trying to tell you something, they're carrying loaded information that is damaging or critical or undermining of another person, ask yourself this question. Why does this matter to me? Why are they trying to hand me this skunk? Why are they trying to put this skunk in my hands? It stinketh. <laughs> I don't want your skunk. Am I directly involved as part of the problem? Ask yourself that. Does this have anything to do with me? Am I directly involved in the problem? If I'm not, that skunk's not mine. Have I been asked to be part of the solution? Have I been asked to be involved in the solution, the solving of this? If I haven't, that's not my skunk. Don't take a skunk that's not yours. There's enough skunks in life. <laughs> then ask the carrier of the evil report these telling questions. I guarantee you, you won't get past question number one with the carrier of an evil report. Because, uh, let me ask you again, folks, why would you want a skunk that's not yours? Why do you want to walk away stinking? Why do you want to walk away taking home something that smells? There's a lot of skunks being passed around in churches. We ought to be passing blessings, and we are. But every once in a while, a skunk will come down the aisle. And somebody will say, would you please take this skunk? Let me talk to you about this person. Here, here's what you ask them. Why are you telling me about this situation? Why are you telling me about this? Am I part of the problem? Am I part of the solution? Why are you telling me? Much less the whole church. All right, let's go to the next question. Right then and there, you've already got a shocked look on Mr. Skunk Carrier. You've got a shocked look on their face. Where did you get your information there's the second question. Where did you get this information? Well, the Lord told me. Holy Ghost told me in the place of prayer. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He don't gossip. Come on, everybody. Don't go dragging God into your sin. That really drives me nuts in the church. We drag God into our sin. We say, God told me to do it. God led me to do this. God told me about that. I have found that God tells things to people who can be trusted. God will burden you to pray for somebody, but God doesn't tell people's stuff. Does he? 
He doesn't say, come here, I want to hand you a skunk. I want to tell you about this person. He doesn't do it. Now, so where did you get this information? Refusal to identify the source of the information is a sure signal of an evil report. Well, I can't tell you. I was told in, in confidence. I promised I wouldn't tell. I gave, I gave my word. Oh, what a person of honor. Here's the third question. Have you gone directly to those involved? Oh, they're totally backslidden in sin. They wouldn't hear me anyway. Come on. Have you gone to them? If they answer no, you should ask, how come? Because Matthew 18, 15 says you ought to go to the person and try to work it out. Here's another question. Have, have you personally checked out all the facts? Here's a big one. You know why? Gossips rarely care about facts. Their motto is, don't bother me with the facts, just hand me another nail. I don't care about the facts. I'm getting off on sharing this gossip. I love this loaded information. I'm not going to check and find out if something is true. I'm going to tell you something. To be crucified by slander with malice is a horrible experience. And if you ever experience it once, you're ten times more sensitive to never do it to another person. And what really hurts is when you're being fried and skewered and crucified and you know nobody has even tried to find out if it's true. And when they do find out, they don't tell the truth because it'll make them look bad because they've already put themselves in a corner by spreading gossip. So that's why you got to be careful because you can paint yourself into a catch-22. Well, I can't say that it wasn't true because that makes me look like the gossip that I've been. And so... Even if you find out that something is not true, you don't go and tell it. You don't go vindicate the person, and that is wrong, okay? Now, I know this is, this is hard, but listen, do to others as you would want others to do to you. Treat them like you want to be treated. How many in here would want to be slandered and gossiped against? Nobody does. Nobody does. How about this one? Can I quote you if I check this out? <laughs> Oh, no, no, that isn't to be quoted. Uh, no, no. no. Those who give evil reports rarely want to be quoted. That's a, that's a good one. I would pick the last two. Have you checked all the facts and can I quote you? Just say, can I quote you? That way, you know, maybe we better pray about this for a minute. I, you know, I could be wrong. Hallelujah, I'm getting a witness right now. We probably, just, we probably just need to let this go right here now. And you need to say, I get a witness on that too. Hey, listen to Proverbs 9, 9, 12. If you are wise, you're wise for yourself. Now, by dealing wisely with the carrier of an evil report, you protect yourself from the consequences of trafficking and gossip. So if, if you're wise, you're, you're first, you're wise for you. Wisdom first protects you. Any wisdom you gather and garner in life first protects you. 
And if you deal with gossip and wisdom, it'll protect you from the consequences of gossip. Man, you sure don't want to get caught carrying and holding somebody else's skunk when the truth comes out. Amen? Amen, Pastor Jeff. I'm going to get this CD. Praise God. I know it's, uh, you know what? Uh, we need this, don't we? Don't we? Come on. <clears throat> now, the Bible teaches that everything we speak proceeds out of either a fresh spring or a bitter one. Do you know that? Listen to James. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Not a normal spring. There's only one spring that does. The answer is yes. Only we humans have the ability to bless and curse another person with the same mouth in the same hour, in the same minute. You can do it. You can bless, bless your spouse, curse them in the same minute. Bless your friend, curse them in the same minute. That's, that's the uniqueness of the human spring, the mouth. Now, let's go on. Out of the same mouth, look what James says, proceed blessing and cursing. Out of the same mouth, he says, my brethren, this shouldn't be the case. An evil report usually proceeds from one of six polluted springs. And I'm going to cover these quickly. Here's where the evil report comes from. The first one, bitterness. Reacting because of personal hurts. I've been hurt. I am bitter. So I'm spewing out of the spring. Out of, I'm, I'm cursing with the mouth. I'm spreading an evil report because I've been hurt. Now, second one is rebellion. Rebellion is when you justify an independent spirit. The independent spirit says, I'm not going to submit to the Word of God. I'm not going to submit to what Scripture says. I'm going to say what I want, do what I want. And it's rebellion. And the evil report flows out of that. Uh, next one is deception. And that is when you really believe that evil reports are right to give. And I've seen this in the church. Where you really believe this is what you should do. Spread this evil report. It's, you know, God told you to. Or you feel like it's, you need to go expose somebody. And that has its place, but believe me, uh, it is with peace, and it brings forth fruit, and it has the amen of the entire church when it's done right. Guarantee you, and I know this from First and Second Corinthians, okay? It's never a wise thing to spread an evil report. Now, here's the, another reason. Pride. Pride is wanting to exalt yourself by putting down somebody else. And I know people who are pros at that. You can't get around them for very long. They're not slamming somebody. And it's pride because they want to exalt themselves. So they put down somebody else. Here's guilt. Guilt is another one. Guilt is when you're trying to justify past actions or attitudes by condemning somebody else. So out of guilt you spread an evil report. I've learned this. Remember Romans 2.1. You are inexcusable, brethren, for you who judge another do the same things. Did you know that? That is human psychology. If the skunk is in you, you smell it in somebody else. And you criticize them for the skunk that's in them. And when you come out harsh and mean and cruel, mark it down. The same thing is lurking somewhere in you. 
It's a fact. It's a fact of life, fact of human psychology. Takes one to know one. Takes one to spot one. Now, here's the last one, envy. Envy. You spread an evil report because you envy somebody. You hate their guts because of what they've got. So you run them down, resenting what belongs to somebody else. You can't stand seeing them drive that nice, new, shiny car. You hate their home. You hate the way they look. You hate something about their you. They drive you nuts with envy. And so what do you do? You say, well, you know, they look great, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I know. I got the inside scoop. They may look good on the outside, but brother, that's, that's just envy. Y'all having a good time tonight? All right. The danger of an evil report is that it sabotages the biblical process and hinders the possibility of restoration. See, if you're spreading evil reports, all that it does is multiply the trouble. It does not solve a thing. Now, in closing, let me ask you a question. Can you recall the last time you heard an evil report about somebody else? How did it affect you? I can remember. And of the six polluted springs producing evil reports, do you recognize any of them in your own life? Bitterness, envy, pride, any of that there? Listen, uh, I believe... It's good to let the Word of God search you. And our friends listening by radio, you're driving there in rush hour traffic or you're sitting at home, think about it. Has the evil report been coming out of you or have you been listening to an evil report? It's so easy to do in our culture. I will not run with people who are constantly criticizing others. Now, you can judge something rightly, and I talked about that Sunday. Sometimes we have to judge sin, and there's nothing wrong with that. I hope you were all here and heard it Sunday. If you weren't, get the tape, because it was a good day. We've got to judge sin, but it's another thing to always be running someone down or spreading evil reports or gossiping to get what you want. That's got to get out of the body of Christ. Because when God wants to give you something, promote you, bless you, you don't have to spread an evil report to get it. You can just let God give it to you. Can we stand together? Well, I can't wait for the last Wednesday night because it's all good news. <laughs> because this is, we're, we're plowing the field here. But you know what? The Lord is uh, cleansing us with his word, giving us wisdom, and helping us with these things. And I want us to take a minute, and let's just pray. And you know, I've done it. I do these things. I try not to. I, I, I watch myself. And you've got to keep a watch over your tongue. We all have to work on it. But I want us to ask God, by the Holy Spirit, to help us tonight. If there's anything that we've listened to that has tainted somebody in our eyes ask God to forgive you because it may not be true at all if you've been in gossip or listening to gossip ask God to forgive you and take control of your tongue Lord we just thank you tonight 
that the Holy Spirit has given us such wisdom on the words of our mouth. And we ask you, Lord God, to search us and know us and see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Lord, we ask you to forgive us if we've listened to an evil report about somebody um, that stained them and tainted them, whether we even knew if it was true or not. Help us to be restorers. Help us to see people through your eyes, Lord. Now you take a minute and you pray. And we're just going to worship very softly for a minute or so. And then we're going to dismiss. Ask God to help.